Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Oh yeah, it's time for another episode of We Love Comics, the show where we love comics, and you should too. I am Vactor, one of your hosts. I have with me the man with the plan, Marcus Seabury, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Seabury, how you doing today? I'm good, Vector. How you doing, man? Very well, very well. As long as I'm talking comics with the big homie Seabury, I'm doing very well. Well, Seabury, before we get into what we read this week, as this is our pull list episode, I did want to give a quick shout out to something I bought, Seabury. Um, this is a book all about podcasting. But guess what? It's a comic book, Seabury. A comic book about podcasting. So I am very excited to read this. Um, I it, it had some very good reviews. Picked it up on Amazon. It just came in the mail today. So out on the wire, Seabury. <laughs> Who's the um, the creative team on that? Uh, this is Jessica Abel. And there's a yeah. forward by Ira Glass. Uh, but she's a cartoonist and a writer who also wrote Drawing Words and Writing Pictures and Mastering Comics. And I think she wrote, what is it? Trish Trash, Roller Girl of Mars. Oh, I, really? Let me look at I could up. be wrong. I am, I'm not a perfect man. No, <laughs> but, uh, yes. <laughs> Trish Trash, Roller Girl of Mars, written by Jessica Abel. Yeah, I almost got that for free on free comic book day, but oh, then my inner wrestling nerd took over and I grabbed the sable. <laughs> nice. Oh, speaking of it, I gotta hit y'all with it. Oh uh, yeah, new figure alert. Hey, new figure alert. All right, first off, got a Funko Pop, and I don't get a lot of them these days. Ooh, yeah, nice. yeah, you see it, you see it. I got the left there. Nice. TLC. Looks like this shit is kind of based more on that first album cover. Mm-hmm. You know? Ooh, on the TLC tip. Dang, I listened to that CD so much when I was growing up. Mm. Uh, it's cool. I'm more of a crazy, sexy, cool oh. guy, but hey, yes. you know, I let that rock too. And then, <laughs> yeah, baby. Nice. The Master Mordo. <laughs> Carl? Because Huh? I said Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to the, you know me. I'm not a completist when it comes to them waves, man. I get what I want, mm-hmm. and in that Doctor Strange wave, I want a Sleepwalker and Master Mortal. I got them. However, the America Chavez figures are, are uh, discounted heavily around my way, like a, oh, really? like between like eleven and twelve dollars. I, I I might have to procure one soon. Nice. Also, I saw some Eternal figures for like six ninety five. I was like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> nice, excellent, Seabury. Well, I am excited to talk about what we read this week. Why don't you kick us off, Seabury? I know you were jumping into uh, the latest X-Men 
book, X Men number eleven, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you got X Men number eleven. You know. And I read this one as also. I read this one as well. Yes, sir. Written by Jerry Duggan. Pencils yeah, by yeah. Pepe Larres, and cover by Pepe. Which it is a very nice cover. Girls get it done, Seabury. Man, what? <laughs> Girl pal. Also, I got to tell you, huh? this is me jumping into the X, X books because I've told you before, I don't know what's going on. So I read X-Men Red, number one, and then now I'm reading this. So I didn't read any of the other 10 X books. I just I just dove head first into this. Yeah, you use you. You jumped on in there. I was like, man, at least Wikipedia House of Eggs. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so Polar- Polaris, Jean Grey, Rogue, and X-23 uh, infiltrate this place. Uh, I guess this place where they uh, they infiltrate this place where they be gambling and gambling on the destruction of planets. And this is where Cordyceps Jones is, uh, Game World. Yes. Yeah, we see Mojo in the early pages and, you know, the X-Women just being badass and rolling up in there. But uh, Cordyceps Jones was expected to have been waiting for him and uh, there are issues. Like, um, also, we kind of finally learn what Cordyceps Jones really is. He seems to be a sentient fungus. <laughs> yes. X-23 tries to sneak around and he and he comes out of these two guards like, so you just really gonna try to just sneak around my place? Like, I don't have defenses? Like, I wasn't expecting you? <laughs> like, like, you thought he takes over. He's taking over people. Oh, yeah. By the way, Cordyceps Jones is gross. That is a gross <laughs> little character, man. I was like, you, you're nasty. <laughs> um, and then also we see Cyclops fighting with a, an individual. He blasts the helmet off. And it looks like a Mr. Sinister clone. He's like, I'm sorry, have we met? And I'm like, what is this? What is going on? Um, the Cordyceps Jones stuff has been slowly building pretty much since this X-Men uh, volume began. Oh, okay. And I'm just glad to kind of see, like, hey, here's what he is. Here's what he can do. Uh, here's why he should be feared, respected. Uh, my boss says this made her care about the organization Orcus. Oh, wow. Um, that Cordyceps Jones is involved with. Um, I like it. I love to see the X ladies doing their thing. You know, it takes you back to like. I remember Claremont had these two issues. Uh, one it was like Storm, Rogue, Psylocke, and Dazzler. Like they went to a mall in LA, and then the, oh, yeah. that's when you. First see Jubilee. Yeah. You know, she was a Cali Ma red and she jumps through the 
gateway portal. And uh, back to the back then, the X Men lived in an Australian outback, and they would go places with the help of Gateway, a mutant teleporter. And then the very next issue, um, also the first time I saw Rob Liefeld art, he was the guest artist. Uh, Ooh. I think it was a parody of this uh, big DC Comics crossover invasion, but Wolverine, Havoc, Colossus, and Longshot have a have a boys trip, and they wind up foiling some kind of alien invasion. That's the kind of vibes it brought up for me. Um, like I said, I dug it. I really enjoyed it. Um, just a fun old time. Well, kind of a fun time, but like also, <laughs> like I said, Cordyceps Jones is gross, but he's a legit bad dude, man. And, you know, game world, and also like, you've seen cameos from people like Rocket Raccoon and <laughs> yeah. other folks. Because, you know, sometimes in the X-Men books, man, it seems like, okay, it almost feels like they're in a, like a little pocket within the Marvel Universe. And, you know, right. It kind of seems to be at the whim of writers like, okay, are we bringing in outsiders or not? Because, you know, it's been a long stretch. We were just like, X-Men fighting evil mutants and that's how you're going to see in this book. Then every <laughs> once in a while, they'd be like, well, you know, they are part of a larger universe. Let's bring in those guys. And, and of course, we are nearing the setup for X, Avengers, yeah. X-Men, Eternals. Yeah. Man, I don't know if I don't want to see no daggum Eternals, but... <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm... I'm trying not to completely ignore crossovers with the with with the exception of if you crossover something I collect. So I'm gonna buy the miniseries. And I'm gonna say bye. I, I I liked it. I thought it was good. And like I said, it was it was a pivotal issue. It's it's like moving stuff ahead with that disgusting villain Cordyceps Jones. Um, and I'm also going to give it a buy. I, I had a lot of fun with this one, like you said, following the girls on their little trip, little shopping trip, little gambling trip, and then uh, this mystery at the end of the Sinister Clone. So I had a good time with X-Men number 11, and I really liked the art. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Paper, was it? Lares? Yes. He did his thing, man. You know, I... I... Look, just as long as I'm sorry, I take long as they keep Lionel Francis you away from this book. I'm sorry, I never liked that guy. <laughs> and please, no more of the Lightbox King, Greg Land. <laughs> He's like, look, I'm just gonna trace <laughs> every famous person I know, but <laughs> but like, but like, put them in the clothes of Marvel heroes. And I'm not going to change any of the faces. Everybody's going to look like Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Peace to, peace to Greg Land, but that's, <laughs> that's my view, man. So as long as y'all keep them away from X-Men, I'm good. 
Yeah. But like, let me talk about the Captain America. Ooh-wee. Symbol of, symbol of truth. Uh, you know, we had talked about the special recently, so we're back to having two Captain Americas. Uh, yeah. Sam Wilson is the public Captain America. He's the, uh, or as Dusty Rose once says, he does it live and in public, if you will, baby. <laughs> in public. Um, <laughs> and next month, Steve Rogers, but Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty. He's the dirty work black ops cap. But right now we're talking about Sam Wilson. I like the man writer Tochi on your Bucci. Tochi on your Bucci has been writing some dope novels lately, uh, like one that I like called War Girls. It's set in the future, and these African women are her pallet in Mecca. Because Marcus likes his Mecca. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, and he wrote the Black Panther Legend story. This is his first, I guess, monthly mm. regular title. And we've got R.B. Silver doing the art. And the color artist is Jesus Aberto. And we see that the other Falcon from his uh, Sam Wilson's previous run when he was Captain America, uh, Joaquin, is back as well. They're fighting some baddies on a train. It's always trains and stuff like that with Sam Wilson. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he can fly. Let's have him fight a, something on a train. That's the ticket. <laughs> but I like it. Uh, you know, we see him fighting and doing his thing. We also see him interact with Misty Knight. I really like those two together. Now, I was a Danny Rand Misty Knight shipper, but if I can't have that, and it seems like that ship is sailed, I like these two together. And, you know, I like how they were, you know, interacting and talking and low-key flirting. And then when Misty Knight goes <laughs> off, she's like, this wasn't a date, by the way. And then you see Sam Wilson just standing there for a minute, and his next <laughs> line of dialogue is, not a date my ass. <laughs> that was, a, first of all, that felt like something I would imagine Anthony Mackie to say in like a movie. Yes. And also, that's a very dude thing. Like, man, I used to be like that. I'm like, man, in my mind, if I spend money for a beautiful woman, that gummy, it's a date. <laughs> but now, you know, I'm trying to be less of a caveman now, and I know that. It's kind of only a date if the woman thinks it's a date because, you know, ultimately, you you know, when you're a guy in these situations or whoever you're trying to win the heart and affections of someone else, you know, whoever you're attracted to. But I understood Sam's plight. <laughs> and... Like I said, just a lot of action on the plane, flying around, trying to interrogate people. And, um, and we see some of uh, Joaquin's people were also on that train, kidnapped. And that's kind of becoming a thing. And uh, at the 
Yeah, looks like good old Crossbones. Also, by the way, Crossbones is alive in the comics, guys. I know he's dead in the movie, but in the <laughs> comics, he's very much alive. He meets up with the White Wolf, who's like Black Panther's adopted brother, and he's pretty much saying, uh, "Yeah, man, you come with me, we gonna." Go do bad guy stuff, and I'll even let you kill Captain America. <laughs> so I guess they're kind of inserting crossbones back into the books. I, I never really liked the way they did crossbones in the movies, man. I was mm. like, ah, right, that's a good villain, guys. Y'all just kind of had him go out like a sucker, man. So yeah, I like you. Good stuff. Um. I think it's a very solid first issue, and you know, I own my biases here, and you know, I've been a Sam Wilson guy since forever. Ever, ever? Ever, <laughs> ever. I'm going to give it a buy. I also read this one, and I will also give it a buy. Like you said, I think it was a great first issue. All I could hear was Anthony Mackie, the entire issue, and I was like, man, I could see this as a movie or a TV show. And I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Tochi has got it. Because I think mm-hmm. I might have talked about this on our show before. Man, the last Falcon Monthly was some black dude. And he was Try having to force challenges with, the, with an overabundance of slang. And it's like, nah, dude, that's... I mean, maybe a little 70s jab talk in the 70s, but, like, most of the time, that's not Falcon's, you know, verbal style, you know? Right. Pretty straightforward guy, you know, pretty standard American English, and it got on my nerves by, like, issue two or three. I was like, man, I love Sam Wilson, but I don't like this portrayal of Sam Wilson. I was like, (laughs) I'm good. Here's my here's my stop. Oh, let me talk about uh then I jumped over to DC. Yeah, I had to wade in the water of DC. <laughs> <laughs> Got this uh Naomi number three. Uh now of course, you know, Naomi had a series on CW. It season one concluded, they decided to not bring it back. They didn't quite, to me, fully capture the essence of Naomi on what I saw, and I still got to finish the season. But I loved it in the comics. I have a trade of the original miniseries. I bought it a little bit, or like around the time the uh, TV show was starting, so it has a photo cover of the actress playing Naomi. But, like, this is Naomi season two. This is a six-issue miniseries. Uh... Written by Brian Michael Bendis and David Walker. Oh, Jamal Campbell, artist and cover. Okay, I guess he must have did the colors too. Well, all right there, <laughs> Jamal Campbell. Get up, big fella. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's kind of in the middle of things being issue three. And uh, Cyborg came through a portal like, close the portal. Some 
some bad things coming through. And she's like, I didn't really know how. And they were talking and comparing notes and all through the issue. And then Hawk Girl's in the book, too, because Hawk Girl got mad at Naomi in a previous issue because she had some artifact or something that uh, belonged to her friend. She has a friend, I believe, that is... Uh, from the planet Ran, I believe, and Ran and Thanagar, they got beef. Ooh-wee. If I may quote Cardi B, they got beef forever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They they got some Hatfields and McCoy type beef. Amen. And, you know, Cyborg and, and Naomi kind of trying to get to the bottom of things and the baddies coming through the portal and also there's a whole lot of things of Naomi's parents kind of, you know, trying to realize like, Hey, she has these gifts. We, you know, we really want to protect her. Well, I guess they're her adopted parents. Uh, I guess they kind of found her. Cause like the, uh, cause like her dad is also I think, an, alien, an alien from another, dimension so it's like hey you know this how this is going on and at the end she kind of finally meets up with her friend from Rand and and he's kind of beat up and damaged you know just the story slowly unfolding it was cool but like I said it was good for me because I read the first two but like you know it's kind of in the middle of things. Yeah, this is like the halfway the point. This is like the halfway point. Yeah, and you know, it's a nice cameo from Cyborg. And you know, David Walker is a homie. I interviewed him on a other show, Black Nerd Power, many, many moons ago. But um, I'll say that one can be a borrow. Um, and... My last little bookie wookie. It says Blood Syndicate number one. Um, and now if you've been <laughs> listening to this podcast, I, back in the 90s, I did not buy the original version of Blood Syndicate because, you know, I'm a church boy. And I was like, they're a gang. <laughs> I'm not good about it. No. Those heathens. <laughs> Those sinners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably do still think they kind of heathens and sinners, but guess what? Sometimes heathens and sinners can tell, can make for some compelling stories. Um, let's see. Jeffrey Thorne is the writer of this one. Uh, many people may know him as Sweet from In the Heat of the Night. <laughs> but uh, Oh, wow. From acting a few years ago, he was just like, he just stopped acting completely. Like, you know what? I want to write. And he's written <laughs> for movies and television. He's writing this book. Uh, he was writing a Green Lantern book where Jon Stewart was kind of the focus. I was reading that, but then, like, it was too many issues without Jon Stewart. And I realized I ain't really care about the rest of them, Lantern. But, um, He's been writing things like that. Um, I like this. Have the original artist, Chris Cross. 
Like he did the original Blood Syndicate book back in the nineties and his style is only more refined. Inks by Juan Castro and color by Will Quintana. Um a good book. Liked it, but I didn't really love it. You know, it was like a whole lot of setup. Mm-hmm. Um and you know. I'm trying to give them some grace because, you know, these characters really hadn't been around in a while. There's a lot of setup and exposition. And you see how, like, um, I believe it is Tech Nine and others were, you know, in the in the military and things went on. And, and, and they kind of tied it to them coming back home and more occurrences. And this guy, Holocaust, who's kind of like the guy that brings the whole blood syndicate together and it's like I said it's good but there's a lot of setup I feel like it dragged a bit so you know like I said I'm going to give him grace I will be back it's on my pull list as are most of the milestone things um but I'm gonna give it a buy. I mean a borrow, borrow. Forgive me, borrow. Okay. And this these season books, are they oversized or because I, I noticed it was four ninety nine. Are they bigger than normal issues? Well see Um Some of them have cardstock covers normally and that'll be four ninety nine. But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking this one probably is. Well, no, oh, this one's $3.99. Now, if you see some that oh, are $4.99, okay. normally, like, the cover is, like, a little thicker, more of a car stock type cover, and they're cool little variants. Now, when I can remember, I normally go with those. I'd be like, well, if I'm paying $3.99, might as well pay $4.99. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, yeah, that's just because, like, the... I guess the texture of the of the cover and those covers are normally okay. like fancy. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, see, Barry, I have been stepping into. Uh, if you noticed, uh, most of my books are Marvel. I've been trying to get back into DC, but the only thing that's really been capturing my attention is the Bat side of it. Um, the like the main Batman book, Nightwing some of the bat tie-ins and, and spinoffs. Uh, but I've, ha- I've been having a harder time in the DC universe overall. That's why I'm kind of trying to slowly dip my toes back in. So I'm going to be a little bit Marvel heavy or Marvel centric for the next couple of weeks. Uh, just to let everybody know. So I read, what if miles Morales one, two and three. Um, each one has a different creative team on it. And basically what they're doing is they're saying, what if Miles Morales became each one of these heroes? So issue one was Captain America. Issue two was Wolverine. And issue three was the Hulk. Um, I'm very much liking the seeing the flexibility of the character, Miles. And the way, kind of like Batman, you know, you could, you could bend him. You can kind of, you know stretch him out a little bit, but he's still going to snap back into place. He's still going to be that same character that we all love. And each one of these stories is 
you got that core of Miles's character in there and what makes him special and what makes, I think what we fell in love with in the into the spider verse movie um, kind of brought him to the, the mainstream um, the Spider-Man video game, the Miles Morales video game also did that. But for us going back to ultimate comics uh, miles, this is like, it's a, it's a treat to see if he got different powers, he would still be the same guy. Like he would still be special in what he does. And it's also kind of interesting, just like a little bit with the ultimate comics where it was, okay, you already know the story in the regular 616 universe. Here's a little bit like, what if one thing changed? What if one little thing was different and seeing the cast of characters, Uncle Aaron as Prowler in different versions and, and his dad as, as different versions. I thought it was kind of interesting just to go through all three of these. Um, so this was me catching up on three months of what if Miles Morales. Did you get a chance to to check out any of these? About the first one, they like pulled it for me at my combo store. And I was like, I was going to wait for the trade. But since you pulled it, uh, I'll bite. Yeah. It was cool. It was it was fun. You know, um do you remember back in way, way back in the day when we were doing Geekland, I was I would I would tell you I'm not the biggest fan of alternate realities, but I mm-hmm. kinda had to uh build a bridge and get over that because <laughs> alternate realities and multiverses are just the wave. Cause it mm-hmm. allows you to tell more in different stories without all of the ramifications and having to, you know, clean up everything, I guess. Um, so they're nice plot devices. Um, I like the first issue, but, you know, in the pursuit of being a little more thrifty and economically sound, I was planning to wait on the trade coming out. But I did like what I read yeah. in the first issue, and um, I am buying his monthly comic, uh, and he's in a. I need to get caught up on in, that. In like an alternate future, and um, one of his evil clones, because he had his <laughs> clone saga. Yeah. It was it was better than the old '90s Peter Parker clone saga. Thank goodness, but yeah, he has an evil clone, Salim, which is miles backwards, and he's like becomes the leader of this future that Miles and um. I believe his name is Schiff goes to Schiff is yes, kind of right. a weird little uh, clone that doesn't talk. He just kind of gurgles and blah, blah, and he can <laughs> do different little weird stuff and shift his body. But, you know, he kind of comes from miles. So there's a bond. They're like bros. They're like hero bros. Um, I've been enjoying that. Um, and also, like, man, shout out to Into the Spider-Verse, because I think that that kind of brought Miles to the forefront, and I don't know, I mean, peace to Bendis, you know, I'm not trying to crap on Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, the, <laughs> the creator of Miles Morales, but his Miles was a little too much just, I'm a hero, shucks, darn it, and this is what heroes do. And I mean, that's <laughs> cool, but I feel like uh, Saladin Ahmed, who is writing the monthly title, another brilliant writer that came from make 
uh, publishing traditional novels, uh, sci-fi action-y type novels, um, into the, the comics world. He has fleshed out Miles. He has fleshed out Miles' family beautifully. It is a brilliantly written book. Um, so that's kind of where I'm, you know, as I've said, that's where I'm getting my Miles fixed mainly and where I'm getting my, where I was getting my Spider-Man fixed because I was really not messing with Peter Parker like that because, you know, I tell you, I just be like, can can my guy grow up? Can he win a little bit? But <laughs> right. uh, they went and, and put John Romita Jr. on Spider-Man and, you know, Tombstone. But, uh, so I'm kind of checking it out. But, like, mainly I get my Spider-Man fix from Miles Morales. And, like I said, I'm going to buy that in trade. Yeah, I think it'll be a good collection. I think the remaining heroes are, like, Thor. And then there was one other one. I'm I'm blanking on the other one. But what if Miles became, um, and it's kind of all the Avengers, pretty much. And yeah, and I think in issue six is going to be like a Council of Cross Time Miles or something. Ooh. They have to like band together to fight the main big baddie in the story. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, based on one of the issues, there's like a multiversal storyline that happens. So each one is kind of like a one shot, but they're all going to connect in the end. So I'm going to give all three of them a borrow. You know, it was cool. Didn't uh, blow me away, but I liked what I saw. And then finally, I got a chance to read, which came out May the 4th, Seabury, Star Wars Obi-Wan, number one, written by Christopher Kent Kentwell and art by Ario Anandito with a cover, amazing cover by Phil Noto. Um, and this is all about Obi-Wan watching over Luke before, I think this is like, kind of before the series that's about to come out and what was going on on Tatooine. So I'm interested to see how this little mini series, it's either five or six issues. I want to see how this ties into the TV show that we're about to get at the end of this month. And this was another one that it was good, but it didn't blow me away. Like I was kind of expecting to really love it. And I just came out liking it at the end of it. I was like, yeah, that was all right. That was fun. You know, got a little nice Obi-Wan action. There's a Obi-Wan backstory in it. And that kind of made me say, here we go again with the, all right, this was a character we loved, Anakin or Darth Vader. Do we really need to see him as a five-year-old? Did we need to see little Annie? And Obi-Wan is the same way in this book. They show like a little five-year-old Obi-Wan or I don't know how old he is, eight-year-old Obi-Wan. And do we need to see that guy? Do we need to see him? Um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Didn't really add too much to his backstory because I've been saying this for years, Seabury, since I was living in Memphis. Do we need to see every character's birth life and death we don't need to see every second of every like they've already shown us his adulthood so let's go back and show his childhood not everybody had an interesting childhood all right guys so obi-wan i think is one of those characters that we need to leave him in maybe late teens early 20s that's the obi-wan that i like and then 
as we've already gotten this. Obi-Wan's childhood was trash. (laughs) I don't like it. See, Bray, just by this one story that I saw, it was not the greatest. So Here's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Again, trying to give a little grace to the writers. Um, Like, so much of his life is, like, defined and is in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like you see his death in episode four, a new hope, right. you know, the uh, clone. Well, the first trilogy, you know, shows you young Obi-Wan and we're going to see more of that with the Obi-Wan Disney plus series. Um, I guess they would probably puzzle their brains. Like, well, what can the show let, you know, <laughs> we see how he dies. We see, Young Obi-Wan, I, I guess all you have left is like uh, in between. Baby Obi-Wan. Yeah, baby Obi-Wan or <laughs> between episodes three and four, which is what the TV show, the Disney Plus show is mining for story material. And I mean, you know, like, man, I don't know, dude. I've always liked the idea of Star Wars comics, but I've never went like full force in there. Like when Marvel got the license back, I was like, yeah, they had a license when I was a youngin. It feels right. And I would look at it and now, you know, be advised, I do have the two Lando miniseries in trade. Don't play. One of them is like <laughs> adult Lando. The other one is like young Lando from Solo. So it looks like Donald Glover. You know what I'm saying? Um, those were cool. Um, I'm a little curious about a lot of stuff they're doing with the, with the bounty hunters. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird to me because, like, it feels sometimes a little like treading water because they're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to do stories set around the time of between Empire and Jedi. But it's like, right. okay, but you can't really have Luke. Like, maybe him and Darth Vader see each other or something, but, you know, you can't really have the knockdown drag-out fight. So, I guess, like, it seems to be something, I guess, mainly for the completists. Um, but, you know, they've made interesting characters like Dr. Afra and other stuff. Yeah. Uh, like I said, yeah. I, I just, love Dr. Afra. That's cool. I love the artwork in the <laughs> Marvel previews book. Because that's all I know, Dr. Afra. Have not picked up an issue, let alone read an issue. And like I said, that's just me. I'm not the biggest fan of like, oh, if you like this story, you'll like the comic. Because like, I got to keep it a buck here, man. In particular, back in the 80s. G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, Star Wars. With the with the few exceptions, like did one little random thing Todd McFarlane did on G.I. Joe, most of the times the artwork was not great to me. Now, Star Wars, Marvel has remedied that now. They have some top people doing Star Wars now. But like Yes. But like young Marcus would be like, Okay, this artist ho hum and then I'm like, I've got the movies, I've got cartoons or whatever. I was like why do I need to read this? I was like, let me read something that's not a movie or a cartoon, mm. something fresh and new. But um, yeah, I will say, if anyone is looking for like a good Star Wars book, 
anything that they did with Darth Vader, because they did two Darth Vader series, and that's where Dr. Aphra comes from. She came out of the first Darth Vader series. And like you said, the creators have been top-notch. Like, they have gotten Charles Soule and uh, Karen Gillan. Like, they've got these amazing writers and artists to come on these books. So I would say that's been the best part about the Star Wars stuff that I've read is the creators and then um, creating new characters like Dr. Aphra and then also her droids. That, that w- That's another thing I would highly recommend you read the, the uh, Darth Vader series and then D- uh, Dr. Aphra series. Her droids are like a serial killer version of C-3PO and R2-D2. They just, all they want to do is murder people. And it's hilarious. Like both of them, it's all played for comedy, but like, Everything they do is just about killing people. So that's what I would recommend to people. Um, I'm not that's caught true. up, on, like you said, on the bounty hunter stuff, but the Darth Vader stuff for sure. And another thing is they actually added a bunch of stuff to the lore. And actually, we're going to see some of that in the Obi-Wan show just from the previews. I, I noticed um, all the Inquisitor stuff like um, Darth Vader hunting down Jedis and things like that. A lot of that stuff was expanded upon in the comics. So I would actually um, recommend that the Darth Vader series for sure. Okay. Well, you know, I will say I, I did kind of enjoy the one shot that explained why C-3PO had a red arm. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> The Force Awakens. Yeah, I was like, was I don't know. And, and they were like, well, you want to know? Here's a one shot. Now see, <laughs> stuff like that to me to kind of like ties back into the movie and stuff or like you said stuff like Dr. Afford it just like hey whole new direction yes but we think you'll love it right that's that's more of what intrigues me but uh yeah like I said man you know it's Star Wars uh, you know Dark Horse had the license for years and like you know some people are still salty at all this stuff they did that what they call the expanded universe did and was like, hey, guess what? None of that counts. <laughs> <laughs> and people yeah. like, yes, it counts. The, yeah. That was my childhood, darn it. <laughs> yeah, well, they t- they had a lot of stuff in there, which they, they call it legends now. Um, like, you know, 30, 40 years worth of stuff that uh Disney was like, uh yeah, don't think about that. You guys can still have that, but we're not going to talk about that in our universe, in our continuity, in our timeline. But I want um, my tag and bink, dang it! Ooh, that was tag and bink. Highly recommend. I love that book. If anybody doesn't know, it's these two characters, tag and bink, are in the background and they're going through the movies. Like the events are happening of the movies, and tag and bink are having their own like side story. And it's hilarious. Great book. Highly recommend. It's similar to um, what's that Lion King 1.5? Yes, <laughs> yes. Which also I, I would actually recommend that as well. So <laughs> all of those things are great. Um, Star Wars Obi-Wan number one is not great, but it's all right. So check it out. It's a borrow from me. All right, Seabury. That's it for this episode. That's going to wrap up. We love comics. Don't forget, we are part of the Geek So To Speak podcast network where we have... The Sandbox Gamers, our video game podcast, Technological, our Star Trek podcast, which Seabury, we are going through each and every episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And mm. I've two episodes in, I got to say, it's one of my favorite shows on TV. It's a great jumping on point if you're not 
a Trek fan, like if you're not deep into it, or if you are, it's a, just another great Star Trek show. So it's it's are going back to that more self-contained. Ep- yes, it's more episodic rather than the you know season-long story arcs um, that Discovery and Picard had. This one is back to the old school original series, Next Generation. Every episode is kind of telling its own story. And Uhura just had her episode this last week, and it was fantastic. So Seabury highly recommends Strange New Worlds. We are talking about that on Technological. And then finally, we have Geek So to Speak, which uh, we used to call it our Geek News podcast, which was all about geek news. We are now switching up the format with episode 200. Uh, we're going to be recording that next week. And it, I think Seabury... Let's just say it'll be right up your alley. I'm not going to say what what the format change is, but it is right up Seabury's alley. So stay tuned for Geek So to Speak, episode 200. We're going to be, uh, let's just say there's there was an incursion, Seabury, and some universes collided. So we had to get rid of one. Let's just put it that way. Um, oh, but wow. we would. <laughs> we would definitely like to thank everybody out there for listening. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can leave us a comment down below. You can also subscribe. Um, anything you want to talk about, any comics you want to talk about, leave us a uh, a little uh, comment down below, and we will talk about it on the next episode. Mr. Seabury, they can find you over at Cinesundry reviewing some lovely movies. What's up next on Cinesundry, Seabury? Let me see. Um... You did Moon Knight recently, right? I did Moon Knight. I did Coda. Maybe Morbius is this week. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, that show is taped heavily in advance. Uh, <laughs> and you can find that on On Location Memphis's Facebook page or their YouTube channel. Um, and now I will say coming down the pike is that I'm taping it very soon is uh Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. So, just gonna keep trying to bring it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, said no, multiverse is like, everywhere. It's like it's like multiverse season. Um, and also, uh, I was a, I guess, was and am a part of a podcast. It's on a brief hiatus called Black Nerd Power. You can uh, listen to those episodes on the Kazookian app. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You know, uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm, I'm not really on Twitter like this. So I won't talk about that. But you know, you can you know find Ed Marcus Seabury on Instagram, places like that. You know, you can see me pretty much gonna be pictures of these action figures, or <laughs> graphic novels I read. I'm not a big selfie guy, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and that's where you can yeah. find me. At. Nice. Well, you can also find me on Instagram posting every comic that I'm reading. I I try to post the cover of every single issue that I'm reading. So that's just my last name, Vactor, at Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R. Check me out on Twitter and Instagram. Seabury, I think we have reached the end of another episode of We Love Comics, the show where we love comics. And you should, too. (laughs) 